How's it going? Well, how's it going? Excellent. Welcome. Excellent. You're excellent. I'm excellent. I'm excellent, but getting into uh today is the first day I've worn jeans in I'd say seven weeks. And the only well are you oh, not, for obvious reasons. <laughs> well are you, are you not in like the whole wearing tracksuits or jogger pants every day with this whole COVID nineteen thing, no? I only have like two pairs of jeans, that's all the bottom. No, I have a pair of shorts actually, but um I've shorts for training. I've one pair of shorts that function for other short purposes. And I've two pairs of jeans. To your so name. I mostly wear jeans. To your name. Yeah. That's the only bottom garments you have in the world. Is that what you you're just giving us the whole library? From the, <laughs> the waist whole down. Wardrobe. <laughs> the whole library, yeah. From the waist down. So no tracksuits? No, I don't have a I don't have a single tracksuit, no. Oh man. What have you been doing for the last seven weeks? Just been tracksuit heaven the last seven weeks. I've uh I don't have much upper garments either besides a I've a good few shirts and t-shirts, but jumpers, very slim pickings. I've one jumper. Yeah, right. Well, anyways. That's what yeah. happens when you've been in college for 20 years. <laughs> Probably my jeans as well that you have, are they? Probably. It's yeah. actually my, my uncle's shirt. <laughs> yeah. So for our listeners, Mark has been in college since I can remember. And you're still there. You're still there. And hopefully you're going to be there for another few years. The, uh, but yeah, I tried to put on jeans this uh, morning. But look, like, let me defend some of that. Like, I mean, you know, what you're doing in college at this point is, is actually work. You know, it's not like, it's not like you're just studying Drinking so that you can work. Bottles you know, of book, book fast on a Thursday night are kind of gone. So are they? Yeah, Mao says to me, how are, you, how are the studies going? And uh, <laughs> there's something that accompanies that, the tone of it. It's like, you're still <laughs> on the, en route to doing something that you should be doing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> when are you going to start bringing in the few pound, like? Well, I think that's part of it, yeah. I'm sure, I'm, I'm, I'm getting paid, I'm on a fellowship, but it's just not a lot of money. <laughs> It's just not sufficient. Is that the crack? Like, <laughs> at what point is it sufficient money to be recognized? There's a threshold. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, yeah, awkward enough putting on the old jeans this morning. I knew, because I knew I'd been putting on weight. So basically, remember I was kind of tossing up between middleweight and lightweight for jujitsu for the competition, if it was to go ahead. I've now owning the higher weight division. Like, I'm forgetting about lightweight. And uh, full tilt. So I put on about four kilos, I reckon. So, and I'm happier at this weight, but the awkward situation was this morning was the jeans. The jeans are, the jeans don't love. Oh, they're actually not closing like. Oh, they're closing, but they don't love, they don't love, well, my legs don't love you. I like, I just like, so I used to tracksuits, man. Hopefully we can, when the new normal, we can just return to work wearing jogger pants. That's my hope. <laughs> it's, it's not a lot to ask for, you know. No, no, it's not. Anyways, uh, how are you? Sound. I was putting on weight, I think, but uh, I've been a bit more conscious, try to... I think it's like when you come back to Mayo, I think we talked about it before, didn't we, where it's like 
depending on this is a good eco behavioral design conversation too you know depending on the um social context you know your behaviors just change and we talked about it before where i think we had this conversation did, on yeah, this did. podcast where you know you end up putting in le- less effort around the kitchen that kind of thing yeah, yeah i also find like my food habits tend in a different direction you know there's a different set of attractors there and uh i fell into stuff that i wouldn't normally do and i was putting on quite a bit of weight but um i kind of pulled the plug on that or <laughs> plugged it back up i don't know if i'm putting plugs in or taking them out but um <laughs> modified that and seemed to my my i was getting like um it's all very personal here but i, I was getting uh like a inflame, you know, an inflame belly, uh, here, just man. from. That's <laughs> just make you super awkward, like an inflamed belly. Well, I don't. It's it's not, not like swell bell or something like that, but like you know when you get bloating, like yeah, right. And uh, are you just smashing the bread with you? I went on the bread and the spuds and loads of cheese. Uh, which are all delicious, but none of which I seem to be able to manage very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good on you. Well, you got it back in order. Actually, I seen a photo uh, yesterday. You're, you seem to be lean enough. Sorry, that was a bit awkward as well. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of awkward, you were telling me you were talking about that. What was it? The, the awkward story you wanted to tell me about? Segway. Segway. Segu. Seg- Actually, it was an awkward segue into an awkward story. Well, remember, just to, remember the segue conversation we had on the podcast where you were like, which came first, the word segue or the object segue? Yeah. Well, the word is segu, but pronounced segue. S E G U E. Uh, but the is it French or something? Yeah, but I think it's only the the, the it's only coming to speak since the object segue has been created. But why then? Why does it um, denote a change in direction in a conversation? Well, I think that's what the definition of segue, spelled segu, is. Let me define it for you here. An uninterrupted transition from one piece of music or film scene to another. Segue. S-A-G-U-E. Is it segue? Like a segue in terms of like the mobile, the mobile, mobile. Is a a very recent invention, no? It is, yeah. Yeah. Okay, let me segue into an awkward conversation or story. I was... I was telling Eric this story and then he said save it for the podcast might be funny so that's what we're doing because <laughs> it's kind of related to the stuff we talk about so like you have dynamics within a given context behavioral dynamics certain anticipations and expectations about what's permitted you know the norms of the behavioral setting so I was telling Eric <laughs> this story about my when I started in my masters in UCD, there's a kind of 
foyer is maybe the right word, but it's a it's a it's a place in the philosophy department. Say it's in a it's on like the fifth floor of a kind of I was going to say the fifth floor of a well yeah the fifth floor of a five story building is to the top floor. You have a series of offices, and then in the center you have a kind of meeting space where people can kind of gather. Um, and there's like some couches and, you know, and there's a kind of kitchenette and stuff there to accommodate people making sandwiches or tea or whatever. Anyway, it's common for students to congregate there along with some of the lecturers and, you know, have chats and whatever. So it was like my first week or so in my master's and uh, I'd always bring my lunch Anyway, this day I brought, I believe it was a lamb curry. And <laughs> I was <laughs> sitting down and, you know, there's kind of chat going on around me and I kind of backed away from the chat to have my lunch. So I didn't want to be sitting there eating a lamb curry while, you know, I was in, engaged in some sort of conversation. So I kind of like uh, retracted from the group and sat down on one of the chairs and you know there's people all around but there's conversations going on and people were like standing up there was nobody else sitting beside me so i was like very tucked away on my own <laughs> you know like uh, i'll just sit over here be quiet and eat my lunch and i think i'm i'm quite like able for social situations but i'm also like generally maybe a bit shy and uh you know, whatever skill I have in social social situations doesn't feel like it's it feels like it's it's hard won. <laughs> so I'm I'm happy enough to just be left alone, you know. So I'm sitting eating my lamb, and uh, next thing, I start to realize I'm choking on a piece of lamb. Well, first of all, I was like, "Am I am I choking? Like, am I choking?" <laughs> I was like, "I'm actually fucking choking." Because I'd choked once before, or nearly choked, on a piece of a hot dog, where I was like eating the last bit of hot dog, and I I bit too far, too close to my fingers, and it pushed the hot dog out of the bun into the back of my throat. <laughs> but it was big enough that I could like, you know, get it out. Anyway, I knew what I felt like to be nearly choking, and I was like, oh, "Fuck, I'm choking. I'm actually choking." Anyway, such is my, say, disdain for awkwardness and showing myself up in such situations that I actually resolved myself to dying or somebody um, <laughs> rescuing me while I was unconscious. <laughs> so it's like, there's no fucking way I'm going to be that dude. That ask for it. like, <laughs> I don't even know, you know, it's ridiculous to think, really. So you like, said rather, okay. rather than reach out and say, uh, 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 or like make the well, well, I was going to, I was going to uh, have to like interrupt everybody. Ooh, <laughs> like, I'm fucking dying. <laughs> it would take them at least a couple of seconds to figure out what's going on. And I'd be doing stupid movements in the meantime. So you said, I just die. I said, I'm either going to rescue myself somehow now in the next couple of seconds, I'm either going to die or I'm going to be picked off the floor which was stupid really because you know nobody was able to Heimrich Heimrich you while you're on the floor 
So I was like, okay. I'm sure if it gone, you know, too bad, I would have, <laughs> I would have done something. But I was like, what, what options do I have? Like, so I like stuck my fingers in my throat and I was like trying to see if I could reach something. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> trying not to make a fuss. Like, I didn't want anybody to know what was going on. Eventually, I, like, caught a bit of sinew on the fucking lamb. And I was like... <laughs> and I just started pulling. And I, like, just boom, and popped it out of the back of my throat. And I was like... <sighs> <laughs> Went kind of into a bit of shock for a moment. And then just continued eating my lamb. And I was like, thank fucking God. Nobody noticed. Nobody even noticed. <laughs> I didn't say anything. <laughs> Carried on. It's like the same, you know, when you're like, you're running or you're tripping, you're like, you might have stubbed your toe when you're running, like hit off a curb or something and went flying, but didn't hit the deck. You just, <laughs> just, just hold your balance and like your toe might be absolutely killing you, but there's not, yeah, there's yeah, not a yeah. thing in the world that would stop you and have you like, you know, hobbling. You need to continue at the same speed you ran into that curb on the far side of it too and just get back to composure and deal with this broken toe when I get home just in case anyone's looking. It just emphasized the so like that situation's a kind of breakdown in the normal dynamics of a, a behavioral setting but it just emphasizes like what is shape in your action all the time, right? You really notice it there because all of a sudden the whole thing's broken down and you're going, oh, you know, I can't act in this way because of this. But the normal, you know, the because is is not normally available to reflect on, but nevertheless, it's kind of motivating your action. Yeah, I remember similar to what you were saying there. <laughs> in Melbourne, <laughs> I ran across the road one day and there was like a higher path than normal. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> I like ran across the road and there was... Uh, you know that really busy street in Melbourne. That's it's it's, it's it's kind of a wide street, a in wide the, road, and but the, yeah, it's in the city centre. Oh yeah, like Burke Street. Yeah, with, with the tram like going down the middle of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. Anyway, there was a high enough higher path, and I was run, <laughs> I was running and like tried to do like a smooth skip up onto the path, <laughs> and just caught my toe on the tip of the path, and like. <laughs> plowed across Burke Street <laughs> like head first <laughs> true people you know because I was running and I just kind of kept running <laughs> and actually ended up running and you know all the way across the street and put my hand on like a window you know to stop myself so I nearly fell over and then I was just like yeah yeah I wonder if uh, that uh, th the event where you would rather have died than ask for help when you're choking it makes me think back. Do you remember when we were young that we were in a Chinese and dad started choking and <laughs> our first reaction was one of like complete embarrassment. Like <laughs> <laughs> what is this man doing? Like versus what can we do to help him? I wonder, was that in that like microsecond where you were choking, did you flash back to that going, Oh, the guy that's choking needs to be embarrassed because this is an embarrassing situation. And in your head, you're like, oh, you know, nobody wants to help me. That's embarrassing for everybody. This this whole situation. Let's just die. 
<laughs> but I think it's, it goes back to what you were saying earlier. It's like any deviation from the expectation of the behavioral setting, you know, leads to feelings of awkwardness. And it's like the thing is trying to reestablish the pre-existing order, right? So that shows up as embarrassment. You're like, what's this? And you're trying to move things back. You know, we're trying to get it back to where it was because that is the order. So <laughs> you were given the example where like, you know, somebody eats something in a restaurant or whatever and, you know, they're allergic and it's no fault of their own or whatever. And then there's, you know, it's, it's accompanying the sympathy. There's also a sense of like shame for that person. Yeah, shame yeah. Shame upon them, which... You know, it's totally irrational, but yeah, yeah, because they're just uh, yeah acting outside of the norms, even invol uh, if it's involuntary. Yeah, and it, you know, if something gets serious, new norms arise very quickly, and then all of that awkwardness dissipates, right? But until like you you f- transition into the other phase. Yeah, where it's like, now yeah. we have an emergency in our hands, right? Uh, the yeah, previous yeah, yeah, norms yeah. are fucking out the window and nobody's awkward anymore. <laughs> yeah, but when you're in that transition phase between one normal kind of setting and, like you say, <laughs> emergency, where somebody starts to, to choke, like, okay, yeah. this this is embarrassing for them and me. <laughs> <laughs> All of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, uh, I think that's why it's, like, um, helpful to... I could talk about awkwardness is a big part of my PhD, but the I think it's helpful to if you are having some sort of awkward conversation, you know, when you when you kind of go, well, this is awkward, right? It totally reframes it, right? Because it's lifting it out of one frame, introducing another frame in which you've just acknowledged the situation that was prior, and that means that you're like somehow cognizant to the fact that it was awkward what so um, you're saying a little little hack is if you're in a, a awkward conversation just just say it out loud this is awkward well it depends <laughs> of course like <laughs> i mean if you think that might offend someone it could make it could, very awkward then saying that actually it, yeah, yeah it could make it you could double down the awkwardness <laughs> but there are there definitely are occasions where where you could go oh that was awkward yeah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Raises the, or introduces a bit of levity or something. Well, let me change gears, and if we do come back to awkwardness, let's do it. But uh, I was just interested, kind of going back to our previous episode, and and to bring a bit of the jujitsu into the mix. With all this time now, not doing jujitsu, at least to the same level, you know, like, well, yeah, not really doing jujitsu at all watching DVDs here and there and whatnot, but basically not doing jujitsu. You know, for the last, say, four years, I've identified as being a jujitsu player. And, like, it was a big part of my identity. Like, any, like we said in the previous episodes, any opportunity to talk about it, to tell people I do it, any, uh, you know, hugging somebody, underhooks, any opportunity to, to, to get it out there. And now, with that removed, jujitsu's gone. What am I? Who am I? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Who are you? I mean, do you feel like... Is it... Right, here's a question. Should... Which... Well, we're still doing this, right? That's one thing that's has some momentum and... Yeah, true. Allows you to retain retain the identity. But like, if we're not doing jujitsu, what what are we doing? Like, 
<laughs> am I a jiu-jitsu player anymore? <laughs> yes, I am. It's just not on at the moment. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like if you're out for injury, you're you're still out for a while and could be a long time, but you still identify with. When are you not allowed to identify with something? Well, when I gave up jujitsu last year for a while, you know, there was a point where I was like, I don't know if I'll return, and that was very different than saying, "I'm just out temporarily." I'm just, yeah, you know, and like being cognizant of it you watch you watch different boundaries arise and you know we talked about before like this process of identification with and being say selectively open to certain things that help you reproduce the identity and I don't know if I talked about this example before but this is an interesting example to to think about identity right so did I talk about where in the course of a weekend I like went from being like a committed kind of a spiritualist of sorts to like an atheist. Do we talk about that? No, I remember you talk about a bit of spiritualist, but I don't think you talk about atheism. Right. So is this going to get fairly deep now? <laughs> well, as deep as you want to go, but not necessarily. No. So I was, you know, into things of, a spiritual nature growing up and um, always had commitments oh, in that direction. You were an altar boy, is that what you're saying? <laughs> no, I was genuinely interested in meditation. I was interested in, I was certainly interested in the, the kind of paranormal potentials that seem to inhere within religious traditions and so on. Anyway, I was like quite open to uh, matters of that nature and intrigued by them and then I was in university and you know finding myself in a quite a different context where some of that stuff wasn't say well received I suppose the behavior setting you know was having its way with me in a sense and my mind started to say shift away from some of those commitments but not it wasn't like it hadn't shifted, right? So I was still like kind of committed. Anyway, at one point I recall reading a book. Oh no, sorry, I didn't read it. It was an audio book. And I, I think I drove from, I was still gigging at the time, and I think I drove from Galway to Dublin and back and listened to the audio book like in a day, going up and down for a gig or something like that. And... uh whatever way the arguments had been laid out and however I'd been kind of primed in a sense leading up to that, I found it all very convincing. And uh, in the space of like a few hours, you know, this kind of lifelong commitment that I had to matters of a certain nature got totally disrupted, you know. And I, and you know, there was a, a resolve to the fact that now I was a skeptic, an atheist, a kind of rationalist and so on. And over the course of the next few days, there was a very interesting process where I kind of, because I was always also quite interested in, you know, observing introspect, introspective 
introspecting um and i was still kind of interested in meditation that didn't kind of fall away but having some ability to kind of pay attention to what was going on i was like intrigued by the process that unfolded right so i kind of watched myself like spontaneously over the course of the next few days like incessantly like really forcefully imagining situations in which i had acted according to my previous belief feeling like a sense of shame and embarrassment around that and projecting those forward into like self-similar situations in which i would now act with the alternative belief yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Right, you, so we actually like, we actually did talk about this oh did we yeah yeah but it's good it's it's you're giving a different kind of a uh, different angle on it so sorry right so it was like observing that process where all of a sudden you know the things that i would be receptive to in my environment now i was in a in, a, in effect manifesting these boundaries in relation to them right so once I was open, what I was open to, now I was drawing distinctions in relation to. And similarly, other kind of pathways were being opened, right? So I was like, okay, here's how I will act in this situation if this thing arises. That was all kind of speculative and just imagining and totally outside of like any control. I wasn't sitting there going, you know, a planning. It was just like I'd find myself default into these things over and over and over again. And I think, uh, you know, it was it was the level of conviction in the feeling of I am no longer this thing, right, that realized this kind of new regime and that regime was striving for a sort of coherence, right? So, like, if you think about, if you think about habits, we've talked about this before, but I'll go into it in a bit of detail because it's helpful. You have like simple habits, right? So imagine picking up the soap with your right hand, right? Pick up the soap. That in itself is all already a kind of complex of simple habits, but it's something you do without thinking about it. But you do it right also within the context of, for instance, an activity which might be washing your hands. But that activity, right, is nested within something else. And these things all act at different timescales right so picking up the soap is a time scale of a couple of seconds it's like sensory motor action you're just picking up the soap the activity might be you know between a couple of seconds to 20 seconds or whatever and then you have something like uh, a micro identity right that's specific to a certain situation but might include a few different activities kind of routinized together or something like that all of these now have a certain amount of adaptivity right built into them they're all a bit more flexible at each time scale but you can see how like to make sense of me picking up the soap it's nested in these other structures too and those other structures say stack up right in a sense but they're functioning they're they're effectively structures that function at different time scales Right, and they all constrain our action within a given situation. So right now, for instance, me and you are having a conversation where we're co- coordinating at a particular time scale. Our bodies are in sync right, at a particular time scale of, say, bodily coordination. We're also having this conversation in the context of this podcast, right, which is another longer time scale. Or even the things I'm saying are held within the 
timescales of conversations, right? So there's a certain length to my sentences, to the paragraphs, to the story I'm telling and so on. Right? All these things are informing how we make sense of what's going on in the present situation. But if you think about it, right, so you have all these nested structures. You also have something like more portable structures, right, where you have an identity that doesn't just function within a given situation or setting, but it's kind of portable across settings, right? So um, greetings routines are helpful, right? Because I don't need to know uh, how I greet every individual I meet within a given culture. I just know this is a greeting and it can be deployed in these kinds of situations, right? So you have portability at that level of kind of simple interactions but you also have say portability within your 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 being in a sense where you have say traits character traits which are effectively like patterns that are portable and apply across many different situations right and if you think about an identity in the normal sense of the term that we we kind of employ it in a sense, that's what we're talking about, right? So we're saying we have this general kind of patterns that nests another set of patterns, which nests, you know, more and more down this down the line. And these patterns, say, cohere within this a developmental trajectory where, you know, certain things aren't integrated, but then you get some sort of closure in the general pattern and you get something like an identity emerging, right? So if you think about it in jiu-jitsu, it's actually a useful example because you can have, say, just disparate techniques, right? And nothing really is necessarily bound together. You just have habits here and there. They're not necessarily even all that portable, right? You just have them for very specific situations. Then you get some sort of sense of a more general rule, right? And, you know, so on and so on. But eventually you get a game, and at the level of the game, right, you have some sort of coherence where you're like, okay, I have this network of things which work together and they allow me to be effective in all these various situations. And, you know, there's even a feeling of it, right? And at that point, you start to identify with, right? So for me, I identify with the pressure passer because I've built up this network of habits which have kind of cohered and now they help organize my action when I, you know, I'm in the context of jiu-jitsu. But those kinds of things, right, are, they say, structures of identity in a sense, but they can be perturbed, right? So if you think about the situation which I was talking about, the spiritualism to the atheism, all of a sudden something that was that kind of a structure, but even more, say, it was more portable than a jiu-jitsu thing, right, because it applies across so many situations, all of a sudden, something like that is, is in a sense, uh, disrupted and it crumbles. And, you know, it's almost like the the kind of a, the mat is pulled from under you. If you have something else to fall into, probably helpful, right? So, you know, kind of fall into an atheistic position. And then that starts to constrain action and then, you know, the habits form in the shape of that. But when you're talking about jiu-jitsu right and you're not doing jiu-jitsu now there's definitely some sense in which that is a perturbation to that identity but you haven't like 
lost it in the sense that you're no longer selectively open or that you're now drawing distinctions in relationship to it and saying, I am no longer a jujutsaka, right? You're still committed in that sense. So still happily organizing your action and, you know, the things that are relevant to it still kind of flow through you in a sense. So the likelihood that any sort of a, you know, genuine crisis will emerge is unlikely, but you can tell me whether or not that's true. Mm. That's a long-winded way of saying. I'm still a jujutera. No, that's cool. Why did you think about giving up jujitsu? Why did I think about giving up jujitsu? And 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 when you almost lost that identity with it, how did you stop it from slipping away? It just kept coming back to me. I when I I don't like I anyone stopped. saying they almost give up jujitsu. You're the first person I've ever heard. Well, the blue belt blue is here about people doing it, but. It wasn't even that. It was, I had to stop for a while because I just had so much stuff on. And then there was a while where I was like, look, I just, you know, I just can't have this as much as I, you know, I felt like, okay, I have to make this sacrifice. But I couldn't make it in the end. It's good. So do you reckon yeah, now yeah, you totally. got over that, uh, that, that kind of ho- uh, hurdle do you reckon you're 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 here for life now? Oh yeah, I mean, you know, I'm nearly six years, five years training jujitsu. I think as long as I something like a mad injury could definitely, you know, I don't know how resilient I'd be to like some mental injury. Like, because uh, I think I value yeah, yeah. I value my health more than I value jujitsu. And, you know, being mobile is more important. Well, ex- except in the case where you're going to die choking on a piece of lamb. You didn't really care for your health then. <laughs> <laughs> different, different well, I, it's, it's a different order. I, I care for not embarrassing anyone. Then I care for my health. Then I care for jujitsu in that order. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, what's the level of your commitment, brother? I think uh, down for life. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it is the kind of sport that you can train for for life. Yeah. So why not? But like that, yeah, I think a serious injury might rock the boat, but um, I don't plan on getting any serious injuries. (laughs) I've uh, I've been really enjoying... Well, not enjoying it necessarily, but like I've been getting a lot from. I've just been watching Ber- Bernardo uh, Faria and uh, watching his game, and I can because I've been watching so much of it. I'm looking forward to seeing you know how it unfolds once we get back in the mats because there's loads yeah. of stuff. I'm like, I've kind of integrated just from watching so much of him and how he's doing things. Whether or not like it's it's available to me and the affordance is there as soon as I'm. You know, in the situation, but yeah, you go back to the mat and just get smashed and go, What was that whole two months of videos about? I don't know. What do you think? Just about employing techniques once you get back to the mats, having watched them. Yeah. 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 I think it'll be a few weeks of just kind of just getting mat time under the belt again and go from there. I was thinking about it 
uh, yesterday. So, like, is it is it a given? I don't know if anybody's been talking about this yet, but is it a given? Right, first of all, I suppose we should update. And in the Irish scene, it seems that the government has the roadmap to restart the economy and it has five different phases. And the last phase, phase five, correct me if I'm wrong now, has the return to uh, sports that have physical contact. So in, at the end of August, basically, you're allowed to start boxing and wrestling again. But in the same breath, it says gyms may reopen provided there's social distancing measures in place. So what do you take from that? I don't think they've thought about it is really what I, I, I think is going on there. I think, no, I think they're probably saying, look, if these are your sports and you're willing to take the risk. Yeah, okay. But as a, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But but then even so, like when you if jujitsu is allowed to return on that date by that reckoning, is it with face masks and things? Is it is that is that a given or no? I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be very peculiar. Yeah. Could you roll with a face mask? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it'd be an issue, would it? No, you'd want get some badass face masks. It's going to be new, like jujitsu gear. <laughs> show your old face masks. That's uh never mind show your old James and James face masks. The um I actually emailed uh our Origin. Is that Jocko's crowd? I don't know if he owns them or if he just works with them. Origin uh Jiu Jitsu geese. I emailed him yesterday because they're making they've pivoted from making geese to just making face masks for the healthcare workers and for frontline staff. But there's no mention of jiu-jitsu. And I was like, I assume this is going to be what jiu-jitsu people wear as well. So I just emailed him and asked him, is that what's going on? Uh, and what did they say? Yeah, I, yeah, I haven't heard back from him yet. But but then in the same, I seen, a, not to talk about news of the day as well, I see Keenan is on the case with trying to rally some support for political support to uh, uh, get some stimulus for gym owners because they're all suffering you know and uh one of the comments he made is we can't social distance to jujitsu or use face masks so i don't know i don't think anyone knows what the answer is yet still and we are the last we are the like the last activity or sport in the world that you know uh, from a social distance perspective you know it doesn't get much more in your face does it yeah, I mean, like, I expect social distancing measures to be in place for a long, long, long time. And certainly the norms around it will be, won't be properly dissipated by August. At least definitely not here, I can't expect. But I don't know, I guess it's like... See, Gracie Ba have returned with some rules. No? Yeah, you can, uh, they've got to, like, return to, to Matt's plan. You know, like, different, um, different areas and the boys. No, 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 no. Baja, GB with the uh, Carlos oh, yeah. Gracie, the uh, that crowd. Uh, they have s- some plan, yeah. I don't know. Anyways, news of the day. We'll see what happens. Uh, yeah, so for, do you want a jiu-jitsu update while we're here for me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah, I mean, like for starters... 
what are you thinking about August? In, like the the worlds aren't likely to be going ahead, are they? I doubt it. I doubt it. But the a lot of these kind of return the economic roadmap plans are kind of been released around now everywhere. So like, uh, I think the governor of Nevada is going to be releasing his one in the next week. So, and he talked about gym openings. But I think the issue with the the, the tournament's going to be not not so much that jujitsu won't be back, but like the gathering of whatever it is, two thousand people. Yeah, that's no going to be probably not good. But then again, Nevada is different, man, because Nevada is all about conferences and whatnot. So maybe they've got a a way of doing this with social distancing. Uh, but I'm 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 thinking it's unlikely. But yeah. I'm still holding out a bit of hope. So, in the context of that, how is you know? Give us an update. Uh, so, as I said, just try to uh, bulk up. I was smashing the creatine. I'm not. I, I'm not an. I don't know anything about supplements, so I won't give out any advice here. But from my own perspective, since the lockdown, I've just been smashing the creatine, and I'm owning the middleweight division versus the lightweight. So I'm, I'm happy with that, and uh, just doing the cardio, and then a small bit of wrestling a bag and what, boxing. Is, what is your intentions with the creatine just become an absolute beast <laughs> what do you think creatine <laughs> does man <laughs> you're just like take this thing no uh, just uh oh, look, I'm not going to speak to the, the, the efficacy of it but and I, I can't separate it from the fact that I've been just doing a lot of eating either but I definitely feel stronger Oh yeah, there's no doubt that creatine has a little impact, but it makes sense to be training in the uh, oh, simultaneous. Yeah, but I'm still, I'm still training. Yeah, I'm boxing and, and doing cardio every day, jogging, doing hill sprints as well there at the weekend, all that kind of stuff. Right, hill um, sprints about, to the fridge. What about? What about? You get that fridge in your back. What about um? Some uh, lovely banana. Some lovely banana bread downstairs there. Are you upstairs? Are you upstairs? Yeah, yeah. I was presumed you were downstairs. There you go. That changes go. everything. Yeah. The uh, what about your Anki and your flashcards and all that? So that's something you started doing. I have a lot of flashcards created, and anytime I come across something new, like on a DVD or something, I'll throw it in there. Still haven't been using it. Uh, I just add to it. I haven't been like just sitting down and just answering a few questions. So I'm, I'm lax there. Well, maybe that's a little intervention we should make this week. I think, um, I think if you start doing it, do it very, cautious, well, you know, reservedly at first, you know, the seed habit. And uh, I think you'll start to recognize the value of it and then you know, that will be a kind of positive feedback and you'll just... Yeah. But that's... I, um, I merged. It was a brilliant thing to do. Well, not to not give myself a pat in the back. Like, but <laughs> it was a brilliant thing to do. It was, it's been helpful. I, uh, I had a load of Anki, say, packs um, or decks. Um, just like... So for stuff. anyone that's just joined us, Anki flashcards, good way of learning, advanced, quick learning. And 
I merged the decks, so now I just have one deck. So it has jujitsu stuff, it has language stuff, it has dynamic <laughs> systems theory stuff. But it's great, right? Because getting it, I think, actually goes back to conversation we were having a minute ago where, you know, knowledge too and our ability to wield knowledge is often context-bound yeah. um, and therefore not not as portable as you might like it to be. But if it if you're getting it across context and you're kind of sedimenting it then, right, and you're able to recall it absent the immediate context or yeah. the, you know, given constraints that it normally shows up in, it's actually, you know, more profoundly learned. So I think it's a good idea. Just have one deck and throw everything yeah, that yeah. comes your way into it. And then so just, like just random it. things like here, you could be rolling jujitsu and someone just comes in and, you know, what's the capital of Iran? Yeah, just. <laughs> oh. Is that why I could only tell funny jokes when I have a few pints in me? Because the, the, the stories come to you when you've got pints in you. Or is that just the alcohol? Is that you just reflecting on your shit Iran joke? Like, or. No, no, I'm saying like, you know, you're talking about context bound and knowledge and stuff, but the other way is like, sometimes the the crack comes to you when you're, you're in the pub, the stories come to you because of the context, yeah, you know, yeah. you're in, you're in the company of people telling stories and they all just start flowing, but then try and try and sit and sit in the couch at home and get into that state. <laughs> or maybe, oh. maybe just think the stories are funnier when you're in the pub, which is not, <laughs> just not, not, not funny at all. I have a few good stories, Eric. <laughs> this uh, this whole podcast is just about me trying to feel better about myself. That's the way we started in episode one. We're up to fifteen, and it's just coming good now. But uh, well, anyways, we have, we have, so what what is the nature of our podcast going forward? Right, I think if it's not very I, obviously, you you know, we need to, we need to have a bit more clarity as to exactly what that is, and. All right, well, as I said in the last podcast, it is the case that I'm continuing to train for this until I'm not. So I think we still stay on that path until we get, like, advice or governmental advice that says it's not on. And if it's not on, then we'll make a decision then. You know? Yeah, so, I so. think, um, you know, even if it's if it's not, maybe we can just drill a bit deeper into the maybe some of the more science of the behavior stuff or yeah maybe we'd set another goal for 2021 if you know I don't know <laughs> just just hang in there build a, build a tree house F- finish a tree house <laughs> <laughs> anyway so you may have gathered if you listen to this this podcast is not generally about anything this week Mark has been quite busy applying for a postdoc, so we uh, we haven't had as much time to prep as we generally would like. So we just said we'd jump in, have a bit of banter, talk about a few things such as behavior in different contexts and whatnot, and give a little bit of an update. And But that's it for this week, I think. All right, brother. Any parting Thoughts. How's your Grona Yogi? Grona Yogi. I've pared back my yoga now to just like keeping it keeping it alive, basically. 
but that was just because there was a bit of a rush on there. I think things are a bit clearer now, and uh, I want to kind of hit it a bit harder again. I want to. I want to. I've a kettlebell here as well, as well with me, and I've been doing small sessions with the kettlebell, very small though. So this week, I'm um, going to up that smashing the kettlebell. Have you? Yeah, just swings though, like. Just do a hundred swings in the morning. What size is the kettlebell? Thirty-five pound. What's that in in actual metrics? Divided by two point two kilos. So what's that? So it's, it's Fif- sixteen. Sixteen, thirty-two, something like that. Yeah, fifteen. Yeah, sixteen. That's the one I have as well. Here, sixteen. The um, I was actually doing it at the swings wrong. I, I Swings was doing, aren't I was, easy, man. You t- take you take you a while to. I was do doing the old starting. squats, like putting a lot of pressure all over the place. I hit up old mate Pavel, the uh, Russian annihilator dude on YouTube. Do you know the boy that I don't know Pavel invented Satsuna. the kettlebell. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So like trying to keep the uh, the legs straighter and just hinging at the hips versus squatting. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a fun uh, exercise once you, well, fun. It's not, a, you know, it's not amazing crack or anything, but it's like there's a nice, once you get a flow going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can move between things with a bit of I find it's tightening up though all around my legs. Do you, maybe that's just the muscle. Maybe that's the creatine, man. <laughs> You're going on like creatine is the fucking. <laughs> I think creatine is fairly standard, isn't it? Like at this stage, it's just like a really good, basic supplement and I think there's an awful lot of research supporting it don't know I, tr- I try it but I get fierce bloated I have some <laughs> fierce inflamed belly <laughs> we can edit that out cool alright well uh, have a good week what's the homework for the week just keep plugging away oh now you're looking for the homework that's a good uh, no no for myself I'm just kind of verbalizing I think uh I'm just going to keep plugging away. Cool. I'll keep plugging away. So in the meantime, if you want to get in touch, you can get us on the email at ecobehavedesigns. Des- design. Des- design. <laughs> I was looking at Eric as I said that, just to ensure that I wasn't <laughs> saying it wrong. And I was. Ecobehavedesign. Ecobehavedesign at Gmail. Uh, Instagram, ecobehavedesigns. And... You can get me on Twitter, Mark M. James. Radio. Yeah, until next time. Peace. Peace.